At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others to grow their own nutrient-dense, healthy, organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years, and that got me thinking, what if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm U member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit-chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session, plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to urbanfarmmembership.org or text membership to 33444. That's urbanfarmmembership.org or text membership to 33444. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food Revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Jessica Piper of Jarden Home Brands, a company we may recognize better through their iconic ball canning product line. Jessica is here to talk about Jarden's Can It Forward Day program. Jessica is a home canning expert and has worked for Jarden Home Brands for over 11 years. She currently is a home canning expert, analyst specialist in consumer affairs, and a certified process engineer through the USDA. Being a lifelong resident of Muncie, Indiana, Jessica has a strong affinity toward the ball brand and its heritage in the community. Now in its sixth year, Can It Forward Day has become a Facebook live event taking place Friday, July 22nd from 10 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Jarden Home Brands will host a series of live unique recipe demos taking place in kitchens across the country. Welcome to the show today, Jessica. Thanks, Greg, for having me. I'm really excited. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited, too. I love to can. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? Absolutely. So it's kind of a random path. Uh, never in a million years did I ever think that I would grow up to be the home canning expert with the ball brand that was never really on my radar. That's not what I, I didn't study food science in college. I actually studied counseling and management. So oh, wow. kind of <laughs> kind of an odd path. 
um, I moved away for a bit after college, and when I came back, I actually worked through a temp agency and got placed here at Jarden Home Brands, and um, eventually took a job as an electronic data interchange analyst in the oh, IT oh department. <laughs> I know, right? This is completely, <laughs> completely random. So I did programming uh, for about four years, and then the past eight and a half, I've been over in the marketing department and have been our home canning expert ever since. Wow! So you keep you've <laughs> used the word home canning expert twice. Tell me about that. Yes. What, do you, what do you mean? So being the home canning expert, I am the uh, person that you can come to here in the office to know anything about canning, any of your canning questions. Um, you can come ask me about them. I'm part of the consumer affairs department. So our agents are available you know, Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. to assist mm -hmm. with any consumer questions and whatnot. And I'm in that center as well. I can help with any escalated questions. Mm -hmm. so we've got a great team there. And then I also serve as one of our spokespeople. So when I go out and about to teach canning classes, I'm the, folks, uh, the person who teaches folks how to do that. Mm -hmm. And then obviously uh, having conversations like with you right now, Greg. So that's uh -huh. one of the things that I do. And then I also attended training through the USDA. So I'm a certified certified process engineer. Wow. Um, it sounds really technical, <laughs> but that training just gives you further information on food safety and more of the science, the really deep science into home canning, because I think a lot of folks forget how scientific canning really is. Oh, so yeah. I am certified through the USDA for that, and that's what makes me our expert. Wow. Can I be your friend? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I told you in our pre-conversation that I've been canning for the past 40 years. So, you know, having you as my best friend now, <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can call you, right? Absolutely. Anytime. <laughs> so Can It Forward, your Can It Forward program, when I saw this a couple of weeks ago, I got really excited about it. Can Tell us about it. Sure. So this will be our sixth annual Can It Forward day. Um, it's a program we started a while back to just give folks an opportunity to all get out in their kitchens and hang out with their friends and start canning uh, forward for the winter. And we usually do it typically in like around August, but this year we're doing a little earlier and it'll just be on Friday and we'll have our, uh, what did I say, sixth annual uh -huh. Can It Forward Day. So it's just a great way to get out there and show folks how easy it is to preserve and how easy it is to can and all the different variations of things you can do Sometimes, we, you know, the first one was in Seattle. Uh -huh. Then we did one at the Minatrista Cultural Center in Muncie, which is actually part of the Ball Brothers Foundation. Um, it's actually right there next to some of the Ball Brother mansions that are in town, which is really cool, at least for me. Wow. And then we've been in New York the past two more years, and last year we did it from our office here in Fishers because we're quite proud of this space. You've just been moved in here. And then, again, this year we'll be doing it here. And it's just a great way to get folks involved. In the past couple of years, we've had bloggers participating in it and sharing their recipes and mm -hmm. um, posting on their pages and different things. We've had some celebrity guests that have joined us in the past as well. So it's just a great way to get people together because canning is so, uh, it's a community, right? Yeah, There's so many absolutely. people who do it and you do it because you learned it from your grandmother, your mm -hmm. godmother, your uncle, like somebody you, you know and care about probably pass this knowledge down to you so we're really unique in our community you uh -huh. know and have an opportunity to get yeah. everyone together to share their processes their successes their failures mm -hmm. to learn something new all in one day is pretty spectacular wow and so you're actually broadcasting this live on the internet right that is correct tell so, us tell um, us how that works because that's that's like wow <laughs> well it's uh 
when it works, it's awesome. We did have some technical <laughs> difficulties last year, which forced us to do a recording versus doing it live. But mm-hmm. uh, you just tune in. You can find, um, if you go to Ball Canning and Recipes on Facebook, we always have the link posted there. Mm-hmm. Freshpreserving.com is our website, so you can find the information there. Um, it'll take you to where you need to go to watch it. And it's just, it's really cool to see it in live Lifetime. Oh, yeah. You can actually watch from the beginning to the end. Um, You know, it's not like little snippets of, like, you do this and then you do that. You get to watch the entire process. Chef Sarah, Paige, and myself typically are doing recipes and demoing and just really making sure we're thorough and teaching people the correct processes and letting them know about all the tools we have to make canning successful and to make it simpler. Uh And so it's just really neat having it live. Folks can actually ask questions. And then they'll type them out on the screen, and mm-hmm. we'll have someone read those to us. We're actually answering consumers' questions right there, live, in the nice. broadcast, which is so neat to get you right. I mean, yeah. how many times do you get that opportunity to literally, I mean, you get to speak to me now, but how many times do folks get to ask someone right. who knows the process so well? It's yeah. a really neat opportunity. Cool. And this is all going to be on Facebook, right? Yeah, we're using Facebook Live, so actually... Uh, we just tested it a couple, I guess a couple weeks ago now to see how that would work. So it was our first time. We did a freezer jam. It was really great. We had great success with it. So we're really looking forward to trying out this uh, new avenue of sharing out our uh, adventures on Can It Forward Day. Nice. So let's talk about canning. All right. Like, where do we start? Like, equipment. Let's start with equipment. Okay. Well, starting with equipment, the first thing that you'll want to make sure you have as a tested recipe. I know that's not uh, physical equipment, yeah, but that's go. the absolute first thing you need to have. And you want to make sure that you're using a trusted resource, whether it's from us here at you know, the Ball brand uh-huh. or if it's the National Center for Home Food Preservation. Those two resources right there, you can guarantee that those recipes have been thoroughly tested um, for safety and home canning. Mm-hmm. So that's number one, always. Obviously, you're going to need some canning jars if you plan to can. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I hear you have a lot. <laughs> I do. So, <laughs> very proud. Uh, I'm they, very proud of my ball canning jar collection. Most people who have a lot of jars are very yeah. proud of that, and I love that. I love that. You'll need your two-piece canning closure. So when you buy your jars, they already come with lids and bands. Oh, right. Um, but you can also buy those separately because mm-hmm. the lids are actually a one-time-use product. So oh, yes. you'll need those. And then... You know, you don't necessarily need to have a large canning pot and a rack and all of those tools. You simply really just need a pot deep enough for all your jars to be covered by one to two inches. And we actually have a home discovery kit, and it's a small basket, and you can do small batches like three jars of something, like a salsa. Uh And that way you don't have to get a large canner out. So if you're doing small batch canning, using a stock pot would be great. If you're doing large quantities and, you know, seven quarts of something, you, you definitely need a larger canner. Uh, with that being said, one topic I do want to make sure I cover is if you have a glass top stove, it's very important. The very oh, first step yeah. you need to do is contact the manufacturer of that stove to ensure that it's safe for home canning mm. because not all glass stove tops are. Oh. If your glass top stove is safe for home canning, yes. then the next step is you want to make sure that the pot you're using is completely smooth on the bottom. We make an enamel canner, and that is not smooth on the bottom. It kind of has a divot in the middle. Yep. But our stainless steel canner is completely smooth. It's also magnetic, so it will work on an induction stovetop. Oh, so that's interesting. Uh-huh. Yes. And so that one's smooth, so you can use a smooth pot. And the pot should not exceed your burner by more than one inch all the way around. So that's kind of a, wow. a random fact for folks. I have a glass top stove at home that, unfortunately, I cannot preserve on. So I have to go to my mom's whenever I can. I'd throw it um, out. But that's. 
Yeah. So <laughs> get a new I, stove. <laughs> I keep waiting for it to like stop working, and yeah. then because I'd really like to switch to gas, I have the hookup yeah. to do that. But you know, I digress. So anyway, that's all right. That's a really, really <laughs> that's a really important uh, fact for folks who do have a glass top stove. So they definitely need to look into that. And then if you are using a pot or even if a canner, you need to have some kind of canning rack. So that can either be an actual rack designated for canning or a pie rack. You know, something else I like to do you, um, is take the bands off of, you know, the jars that you aren't using, and you can tie those together and lay those on the bottom of your pot, and that'll also work as a rack. The rack oh. is really important for in- two reasons. One, inside. it keeps your jars. Inside yeah. the pot. Okay. Yeah, you just, like, like lace them together with twist ties from a uh, yep. sandwich, uh, from a bread bag. Wow. You can tie those together from string or something, lay those on the bottom, and then you put your jars on top of there because you don't want the glass in direct contact with the metal on the pot. And you need them elevated for proper uh, circulation of water because that's oh, the heat penetration right. um, that's necessary to can, which we can go into a little bit more depth in the science later. But mm-hmm. that's the basic equipment. So tested recipe, canning jars, two-piece canning closures, a pot deep enough to cover your jars by one to two inches, and a rack. That's all you really, really need to get started. And most folks have these things already in their home. Yeah. And if you don't have the jars, they're easy to get, all bad, right? Absolutely. You can go to just about anywhere and purchase them anymore. And also freshpreserving.com, you can order them right online and have them delivered to your house. So nice. we make it really simple. There you go. <laughs> so the, the the equipment that you just explained is for what they call a water bath method, is it not? That's correct. That is the water bath method. Rarely have I met someone who starts pressure canning at first. Usually folks are oh, right. more of comfortable course. starting at water yep. bath canning. So that's uh-huh. why I typically take those items for someone who's beginning. Perfect. So I, I actually have a pressure canner. And uh-huh. um, so I, if, if you could just say a little bit about pressure canners and why I would use one. Sure. So the pressure canners are what you would use if you're canning low acid food. So those are foods such as meats, stews, vegetables, um, the lower acid foods would require a pressure canner. And why that's so important is the bacteria and microorganisms that are present on those types of foods mm-hmm. require a temperature of 240 degrees to be destroyed. Uh, and that's what you're essentially doing when you're canning. Right. You're, you're cooking the food to a temperature to kill any bacteria or microorganisms that may be present. And so low acid foods, the only way you can get to 240 is in a pressurized environment. Right. Um, you know, there are some folks who think that, well, I cooked it on my stovetop for four hours, where you just really overcooked your food. Yeah. You never got it to the temperature to kill bacteria there. So that's why that's important. Now, another thing that you want to make sure that you're purchasing if you're going to start pressure canning is that you actually purchase a pressure canner, not a pressure cooker. Ah. Those are indeed two different appliances. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the pressure you know, I have a pressure cooker at home I use all the time, but I would never use it for canning because it doesn't get to the correct PSI. Oh, right. Um, the PSI <laughs> is important to get to the temperature to kill, again, to kill mm-hmm. the bacteria and microorganisms. And also, too, part of the process of canning is that coming up time and the coming down time after the recipe, which we can oh, speak to later. But right. you don't, you know, every recipe when you're canning, like in a water bath canner, after your processing time's done, you want to take off the lid, remove it from the heat, and let it cool for five minutes before you remove those jars. That technically is part of the process. Oh, yes. So okay. During that, so during the come down part time on a pressure canner, if the gauge of that pressure canner itself can cause it to cool down more quickly mm. than if you have a pressure cooker than a pressure canner. So um, they do manufacture, some manufacturers out there have 
appliances that do both. They are pressure cooker and canner. The key word when you purchase is look for the word canner. Got That's it. That's the key. Yeah. Fantastic. So what is the best recipe for beginners to start with? Oh, my word. So <laughs> the, for me, every time I teach a class, it is always some type of berry jam. Whether ah, it's strawberry okay. or mixed berry, it is absolutely the easiest mm -hmm. and probably the most instantly gratifying recipe oh, that yes, you can do. Oh, yes, of course. Because uh -huh. uh, it makes your house smell fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, and then let's say, you know, you have enough to fill... Let's say you have enough to fill four jars to the correct headspace, but your fifth jar is not really, it's like half full. Well, you can put that, the thing is, here's a little fact for you. If you have a jar that's not completely full, you should not process that. Oh, interesting. The headspace okay. is incorrect. You want to put that in your refrigerator and enjoy it right then. Right. You never want to process a jar that isn't the correct headspace. So okay, good. what I like to do is take that hot jam and I can put it on pound cake or in the <laughs> summer like angel food cake or you oh. mix it into your smoothies or your yogurt. There are so many things you can do with jam. And like I said, it's instantly gratifying. You can yeah. flip a spoon and it's awesome. Now the actual like the easiest would be pickles because you simply are making a brine of vinegars and spices and water and pouring it in a jar with cucumbers. So that's technically the easiest uh -huh. however it's not a, nearly gratifying. as gratifying exactly no because you have to <laughs> wait but you can wait four to six weeks before you even eat them right because you have that that allows those flavors to penetrate into the to the vegetables mm -hmm. so that's the easiest so if you really truly want the easiest start there but you don't get to enjoy it for like a month exactly. <laughs> that's no fun <laughs> that's why i always always say some kind of a berry jam because there's so many applications for it. Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely, especially on ice cream. Yes. <laughs> so number <laughs> one, favorite. yeah, number one rule to remember when canning. Number one rule is follow a tested recipe, hands down. Oh yes, okay, good. hands down. Because if you follow a tested recipe completely from start to finish, you will absolutely have zero issues with your canning. You mm -hmm. will be successful every single time. I can't stress that enough. I feel so terrible when I have to, you know, talk to consumers who've had a poor experience and I find out that uh -huh. maybe they water bath their green beans. Well, they didn't kill the bacteria and so the food spoils and they you know, they lose their food and there's yep. so much time and effort and you understand this, you're growing your own food. Right. So oh to my grow gosh, it yes. and then to can it, you want to be successful and it's heartbreaking mm -hmm. when you have a failure. It's, there's so much pride and emotion that goes into canning, so I, I can assure anyone, if you follow a tested recipe, again, you can go to freshpreserving.com or any of our ball-branded uh, publications or the National Center for Home Food Preservation. Mm -hmm. You go to use any of those resources and you follow that recipe from start to finish, you will never have an issue. Perfect. I promise you. So it's I want, that easy. It really is that easy. Yeah. Follow the recipe. Perfect. <laughs> so when following a recipe, uh, there's this great book that I have sitting right in front of me. It's called The All-New Ball Book of Canning and Preserving. This thing is huge. Tell us about it. It, it is, and it's gorgeous. The photography oh, in this book is stunning. phenomenal. Yeah. I'm so excited about this book, and uh, Chef Sarah worked really hard on developing recipes and testing them and uh, I got to help a little bit do a lot of taste testing which is really oh, the best part <laughs> it is indeed and I'm I'm so excited about it because there are so many unique and interesting new recipes mm -hmm. in this book we've had our ball blue book for I mean decades and so to come out with something so you know so innovative and to expand on you know the basic of our ball blue book it's 
I literally am probably most excited about this publication for that very reason. And there are fermenting recipes and smoking recipes and all kinds of different things that we've never really hit on before as a uh-huh. ball brand. And it's, it's just so exciting. Wow. Honeyed apricots on page 116. Oh, there's some berries. Yeah. There are so yep. many delicious recipes in here. And then they even give you options of things to do with some of the recipes and how to uh-huh. make them, like some of the jams that you can use as a basting for like chicken wings. Oh, and right. It's so cool. <laughs> I love this book. Yeah, me too. Well, great. I, I'm, I'm very happy that I actually have a copy of it, and I'm looking for my recipe that I'm going to do for the 22nd. So, Well, if you're looking for something interesting to try, Tell me. my personal favorite, my personal favorite out of the book is actually page 267. Uh-huh. It's for homemade yogurt. Ooh. And I had never made yogurt before, and so we went through a fermentation class uh-huh. a while back, and so I got to learn all about that because that was something new to me. I mean, for the yep. most part, we focused on canning, essentially, here, but to learn more about fermentation was really cool, and I had no idea how easy it is oh my to gosh. make your own yogurt. Isn't that fun? And then I liked, it is. And then I like to use my jam that I have, especially that mixed berry jam, uh-huh. add that to my yogurt <laughs> when I eat it. It is awesome. It is so good like again i was talking about all the different applications for jam put it in your yogurt that you made yourself how cool is that perfect i love it so so you have to check that one out yes absolutely absolutely (laughs) and we'll have this on the show notes page of the podcast as well perfect so long-term storage of canned food can you talk about that absolutely so one of the actually probably the best thing about home canning is it gives you the option to keep your food on the shelf for up to one year. You know, you can do, with freezing, you know, you can freeze for up to a year. Uh However, let's say you have a nasty storm come through and you lose power for a few days. Oh, yeah. Now you're, you're not, you (laughs) lose all that food. You're taking a risk, right? I mean, freezing is super easy and it's great and there are a lot of wonderful applications for freezing, but if you're really trying to put up a lot of food to get you through the winter, this is a great option if you actually, you know, just can it. You can put it on the shelf and it's good to go. You just want to make sure that you label what recipe it is and the oh, date yes. that you uh, that you canned it because we Very do recommend important. a one year. Yeah, absolutely, we recommend a one year shelf life. Now, obviously, many folks have been able to keep their food longer, and it will as long as it stays sealed. It's still safe. The reason we recommend one year is just because over time the color. The mm. quality and the texture start mm-hmm. to diminish, yeah. and most importantly, the nutritional value starts to go away. Oh yeah, um, and you know you eat for nutrition, so that's always important to make sure you eat it. And if you date your jars, you know which ones to consume first, right? You want to consume right. the oldest jars first, so that helps you yeah. with your rotation, um, lets you know what's in there, and then you simply need to store them in a cool, dry, dark location somewhere between fifty and seventy degrees, and you're good to go. Nice. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's a case for a root cellar. It is. It is. And, you know, we have we have consumers who call, and I hear all kinds of interesting places they store their canned goods, especially in the bigger cities oh, yes. where they don't have a lot of space mm-hmm. in their apartments or condos. Folks will store them under their bed uh-huh. or under their sofa. Like, people get really creative with where, you know, they want to store their home store canned the food. food. They yeah. love to can, and they're going to find a way to do it. There you go. There you go. So, Jessica, I'm going to shift the conversation a little bit, and I want you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. (laughs) Well, you know, I mentioned earlier that the best advice is to follow a tested recipe. Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) Completely and utterly to follow a tested recipe. Well, Uh 
part part of doing that is to make sure you have everything you need to complete that recipe. A couple years ago, it was late on Christmas, the day before Christmas Eve. My family, we open up gifts on Christmas Eve night. So uh-huh. it was, I guess, the 23rd, and it was late. And I was like, well, it's time for me to make jam for my brother because I always make him oh. a case of jam. He lives in Chicago, so nice. I give him the case. It lasts him a year. I get the jars back. We have a routine. Uh-huh. And I was going to make his favorite strawberry jam. I had everything but the sugar. Oh, oh. Oops. <laughs> you can't really make jam without sugar. Yeah. So there was a late night trip to the grocery store, which delayed me even more. So I learned not to procrastinate. Oh, yes. And to make sure that I have everything yeah. that Before I need yeah. to complete the recipe. Because he would have been heartbroken if he didn't oh, get yeah. that case of four ounce jars of strawberry jam. So he got it. <laughs> He did get it. Nice. He did get it. And Man, I need a sister I was running like you. On, yeah, I was running on very little sleep, so, but it happened, you know, and that's, oh, yeah. that's one of those things, you know, you just, you think you have everything, it mm-hmm. never hurts just to look at your pantry and make sure. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a couple days before. Right. Make sure you have it all. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, what do you consider your biggest success? Ah, my biggest success. I think one of the moments I'm most proud of. Uh-huh. It was a few years ago, I had the opportunity to be on QVC to sell some of our products, and our our kit sold out in, like, record time. I I think it was, like, 18,500 kits sold out in just a matter of minutes. Wow. I barely even had any air time (laughs) because it did so well. And so, like, not only was it, you know, one of those goofy personal goals, you know, in college, I used to always watch QVC and, like, dream about being on there. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then here, like, here my dream comes true, and I sell the kit out. Wow. Sell it out. Yay. <laughs> so I was on for, like, <laughs> like five minutes. Uh-huh. I think they had me scheduled for, like, 15. <laughs> and so as soon as your kit sells out, you know, they you know, politely move on to the next yeah, exactly. item. And uh, so that was really cool that, you know, obviously... Hopefully, I'm assuming that my presentation inspired people to purchase that kit. Yeah. But that was, I got done with that, and because you don't know the results to you're off air, and right. I was back in the green room, and I saw them come through on the monitor, and it was, it was really, really cool. Nice, probably one of my most favorite moments. Yeah, but, nice. And it was a really neat opportunity. So this this really points to something that's going on in the world today. I think, because um, what year was that 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 happened? Oh, I think that, that's been maybe three years now. Three years, three years ago. ago. Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed over the past, because I've been doing this a very long time, over the past five to six years is people are really, really interested in growing their own food, canning, like the the level of interest is, is going through the roof. Have you experienced that same thing? Oh, my word. The resurgence of canning has been huge. Uh, you know, I mentioned being part of our consumer affairs department mm-hmm. and the types of questions that are coming in. I mean, just actually a couple of days ago, one of our agents stopped by and she was like, man, all my call times are really long today because they're all like canning 101. And we love when we get those kind of calls because this gives us an opportunity to be someone's friend oh, yeah. and walk them through the process and give them the confidence. Maybe they don't have uh, you know, a grandma or a mom or an uncle or somebody who's teaching them this art. So they're calling us to be their friend. And it's so cool to get that opportunity. And just when you look at our metrics coming out of the call center, a vast majority are for basically what we call canning 101. Uh-huh. We're doing canning education, right. um, followed by a very close second is recipe requests. And so that's really cool to see, you know, to know that 
we make great products, so folks want to use them, mm-hmm. and they have no issues with them, and they want to learn how to use them. You know, it's, it's really, really neat to see that. And um, in just the past few years, we started our Facebook page, and our community on our Ball Canning and Recipes Facebook page is awesome. We have the best fans. They help each other out. Um, you know, when people have a failure, folks uh-huh. immediately are out there to assist them and help them and to understand why that happened. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so cool. I don't see that on other companies' brands' Facebook pages. Nice. The kind of community that we have, and that just speaks to the amount of pride and emotion, I think, that goes into, into canning that we talked about earlier. Yeah. So I, I really want to point this out, because you've said this a couple of times, that people can call and get support. Yeah. Where do we find that at? So it's pretty simple. If you have the internet, you can actually go to our website, uh-huh. which is freshpreserving.com. All right, cool. Uh, we actually recently just updated our, our website, so it has a little bit of different look to it, but you can still get right to, to the team. There's an option on there on the Contact Us page where you can actually um, fill out a form so we know exactly what it is that you're doing and what you're looking for help with. Right. And that will actually come in via email, and then our call center staff is there to help you. And they will, you know, answer as much as they can over email because sometimes when it comes to canning, it's just a lot easier to have a verbal conversation um, just because there's so much detail that goes into that and so much to learn about someone's process to help them. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's not the best way, but it definitely is great. If you have a quick question, you can go there and do that any time of day. Now, as for our phone number, you can call us at 1-800-240-3340. That number is also available on freshpreserving.com. Mm-hmm. However, our call center is only open Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And obviously, we're closed for business holidays. Yeah. So, you know, anytime during those hours we are here, we've got a great team. Um, you know, we have folks who have been in our helping out in our call mm-hmm. center as agents for years. And we've oh, got some nice. really great staff. And I think that also speaks to the pride that goes into this brand oh, yeah. in this process to have folks who, you know, have been with us year over year over year, um, and they love what they do. They'll tell you, if you were ever to ask, if you ever got the opportunity to meet any of them, they would tell you that they (laughs) love coming to work every day. It's just a really great place to be. Everyone works really hard. We support each other. We support our consumers, and there's just a lot of pride around here, so it's really cool. Sounds like a fun place to work. I like it. I mean, I've been here 11 and a half years. They're yeah. doing something right. <laughs> so can you tell us, I realize I haven't asked this question yet. Can you tell us a little bit of history of, of the company? Sure. I would love to do that. So many, many years ago um, in the 1800s, the Ball brothers originally were out in Buffalo, New York, and they experienced a fire and it burnt down their manufacturing facility. Well, Muncie, where I'm from, uh-huh. uh, offered them a deal on natural gas. And that's what got them to move oh, to wow. Muncie. Uh-huh. And so they moved to Muncie and they started to build their, you know, company and grow and grow. Um, at one point, they actually had a Ball Brothers store in town that was like, much like a Macy's. It was really, really cool. Wow. Um, so they even got into that market. But the Ball family has just been very involved in the community of Muncie. If you're familiar with Ball State University. I am. I've that been there, actually. Founded. Yeah. Okay, well, that was founded by the Ball Brothers. Wow. Uh, so we have our hospital is the, you know, Ball Hospital. There's just a lot of uh, the Ball branding in my hometown, which is really cool. So mm-hmm. in 1993, the Ball Corporation actually left Muncie and moved to Denver, Colorado, and they left their glass business here in Muncie. Oh, wow. And so the canning side became a company named Altrista, 
And then in 2005, its name was changed to Jarden Home Brands. Mm-hmm. And the name Jarden came from the jars. So that's your J-A-R, jar. Uh-huh. And then all of the products that were, um, you know, fall under Jarden Corporation are products that you would use in your den. So that's how they came up with the name Jarden. Oh. So Jarden was the corporation. Mm-hmm. And then we had different groupings, um, kind of buckets under there. And so our um, division it was uh, Jarden Branded Consumables. So our office here, not only do we do um, the ball brands, but we also have some other brands that we help with, um, with manufacturing and consumer affairs and all that jazz here in this office as well. But then there are others like Jarden Outdoor Solutions. So that was like brands like Coleman and Rawlings, mm-hmm. um, Marmot, K2, all that was under there. And then Jarden Zinc makes all the blanks for the U.S. Mint for the production of pennies. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Jarden, right? Jarden Consumer Solutions which would be brands like Oster, Mr. Coffee, Food Saver. Wow. There's tons of companies that over time we acquired. Mm-hmm. And then just this year, Jarden Corporation merged with Newell Rubbermaid. And so as of just a couple months ago, our new corporation name uh, is Newell Brands. So it's kind of a crazy little path. And <laughs> you know, a lot of folks still think that Ball Corporation uh, manufactures the jars, but when they moved in '93, they focused more on aerospace and oh, um, actual aluminum cans. Yeah. So you might pick up a soda can and see on the side that it says Ball. Well, that's oh. Ball Corporation out in Denver. Got it. Uh, but even though all of these changes have happened, the Ball family themselves have still been very involved in the community there in Muncie. And I mentioned earlier about Minatrista Cultural Center. It's a really cool place. So if anyone ever comes out to Muncie, check it out. Uh-huh. They have a ton of heritage and history on the Ball brand there, a ton of antique jars. You can actually take tours of the Ball Brother mansions. Like it's a really, we've wow. got a really cool resource right here. Nice. Well, I say right here, our office is yeah. in Tishers now, but <laughs> uh, where I live in Muncie, it's it's really neat to still see that even though the brand's evolved, the family itself is still very involved in, yeah, the, community. in the community. It's really cool. Yeah, that is absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> You're welcome. So, it's kind of a random story, but y- there it is. Well, yeah, there you know, it's perfect, perfect, perfect. So what drives you? What drives me? Well, for me, you know, I keep talking about Muncie. Uh I've lived there basically my entire life. And being surrounded by this brand, I've seen, you know, all the families impacted by this brand, by whether Mm. they're working in the manufacturing or doing sales or whatever. And my whole community has been kind of around this brand. And I mentioned earlier that I never in a million years thought (laughs) that I would be like a canning expert. I thought I'd be like a social worker. And here I am doing something else. And having that hometown pride and then being able to share it with the world is awesome. You know, I get on a broadcast on the web. So many people everywhere see that we've expanded into Australia, the UK, South Africa. I help with our international team. So it's so cool to get to spread something that's so important to my community and be a part of that. I mean, it's, it absolutely was what drives me. And then the people I work with, I couldn't ask for better, better (laughs) team. It's, it's awesome. It's like yeah. the trifecta. I've got everything I need nice. every day. It's I'm really, really lucky. And I can hear that in your sharing. It's like beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. So I'm all about education. I have to know, is there one book that's been influential for you in this process? So 
that book would be our ball blue book. That's been our resource, like I mentioned earlier, for decades. And I can assure you that every copy I have as we do new editions is probably the most well-loved uh-huh. book of any I yep. have. Even though I am our expert and I do this all the, all the time, all day, every day, mm-hmm. I'm still constantly in this book all the time, looking at recipes, you know, just it's my go-to. Nice. I learned everything. I mean, this was my day one when I moved over to marketing was read this book. Mm-hmm. Day one. Beautiful. <laughs> and every day since, I've yeah. been reading this book. This book yeah. You know, even though I know I could probably can it in the dark with my eyes closed. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't recommend that by yeah. any means. But you get what I'm saying. Like oh, I, yeah, yeah. I have a. I, this is this is my go-to, and I would yeah. say anyone who's starting, this is the one they should get. The ball they should blue absolutely book. purchase yeah. the ball blue book guide to preserving. Um, it was just updated. It came out the updated version last year, so that's a great go-to. And then. The new, um, the all new ball book of canning and preserving that just came out, that beautiful one we were just talking yep, about a little exactly. bit ago. Yeah. That is a great supplement to that. This is, yeah. you know, there's a lot of different flavors and a lot of different techniques in this book. So I would say get comfortable with the blue book and then upgrade with the all new book. Because it's, they're both fantastic and you're going to get a lot of the same content, both, but I think it, there's more Worth of a classic both. feel to yeah. the guide to preserving. Yeah. I have a very well used one from the 60s. <laughs> well, now actually, that's a really good point that you bring that up. Yes, I know. I did that on purpose. You have to keep, <laughs> you have to keep, you know, in mind that guidelines do change. In the yes. '80s, there was a big change to processing methods. Yep. So, um, if you have some older blue books, I highly recommend that you cherish those and love them, but just continue using those. You want to make sure that you're using something that's up to date per current USDA guidelines. Perfect. Um, I know a lot of folks who still have recipe books that you know don't call for processing processing of certain foods and mm-hmm. you know if you're getting really really old blue books they'll tell you you can water bath vegetables which you cannot you anymore yeah. <laughs> but you know there's a lot of testing that goes goes along with the recipes and it's always always important to stay on top of that and as i mentioned earlier if you follow a current recipe uh-huh. to the tea you're gonna have great success and it's gonna make you feel so good to have that you know beautiful jar of pickles or salsa or whatever it is that mm-hmm. you're preserving uh, and knowing that it's safe and you can share it with your friends and family and have no fear, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. The number one rule, follow the, the number recipe. One. Follow Absolutely. the recipe. A current recipe. <laughs> A current recipe. Thank you. Thank you for correcting there you me. Go. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? You know what? Have fun. Have fun in yeah. everything you do. But yeah. when you're canning, it shouldn't be a chore. It shouldn't be stressful. Relax. Follow the recipe, you know, get your friends involved and just have fun. I always have, I mean, I would think anyone who's really passionate about it probably has fun naturally, but it's, it's not scary. And you follow that recipe, you're going to have great success. You're going to be proud. You're going to love it. You're going to want to do it again. You're going to want to share it with everyone. So just have fun with it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Jessica. It's been a treat getting to chat with you and your experience with Jarden Home Brands. And we're really excited about the Can It Forward program that is happening this Friday, July 22nd. So thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I really had a great time today, Greg. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And it was, it was a <laughs> joy interviewing you, I'll tell you. So how can our listeners get a hold of you? Sure. So they can go to our Facebook page. It's a great place to get a hold of our brand and Uh anyone. And I help with that. So you'll probably get to talk to me directly without even knowing it. And that is Ball Canning and Recipes. 
you can always get us there. Again, you can go to freshpreserving.com. We've got a ton of great recipes, um, anywhere from beginner to advanced available on there. We have our contact us page. So, again, you can reach out and mm-hmm. uh, talk to us, your canning friends here at the Ball Brand. And then there's also our YouTube page, Ball Canning and Recipes, where there you can actually see a lot of videos that will help you walk you right through the process. And actually, you'll see me helping you walk you right through the process. So check it out and meet our friends on our Facebook page. And like I said, have a fun time doing it. Perfect. And remind us again, Friday, July 22nd, what are the times on that? 10 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And that'll be live on Facebook. Very excited about that. All right, cool. Me too. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others to grow their own nutrient-dense, healthy, organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years, and that got me thinking, what if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm U member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit-chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session, plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to urbanfarmmembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444. That's urbanfarmmembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, Head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.